This is Star Wars Rebels Alert, the weekly podcast after show where we recap and discuss each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. Right off the top here, we want to extend our thanks to everyone that's been tuning in, both here on iTunes and Podbean, as well as over at our YouTube page. Yeah, big shout out to all you guys. It's been great. You know, the feedback's been awesome. The conversations, I love it on both pages there. So uh, keep up the good stuff, guys. So you always can get us at swrebelsalert at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at swrebelsalert. And we're happy to hear your predictions, your thoughts both on the episode as well as what's going on in the larger Star Wars universe as well. And we're happy to read those comments out here online and have a bit of a conversation with the listeners. Looking forward to it. Enough of that. (laughs) Let's get into it. Episode 4 of Rebel Season 3, titled Hera's Heroes. Mm -hmm. What are your initial thoughts coming into this? Leaving an episode last week that we thought was a bit, not so much a lull, but a dip in intensity coming into this. Were you expecting a big, big episode? Or were you looking at maybe expanding a bit more on the Ghost Crew that we are seeing in this episode? Yeah, you know, I thought this might have been like the filler episode. Because I know the last episode wasn't so much. And I thought, okay, well, this one for sure is going to be. But then, you know, we got Cham and we got uh, Hera. Yeah. Right? So this is really cool because we did see Cham last time in season two. But it's kind of funny because that character portrayal was a lot different than Lords of the Sith Cham. And he's like the main protagonist in that book, right? So this time around, you know, they, they nailed the character. He's far better and uh, all around enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah Definitely really, not a filler. No, yeah. I'm really enjoying this presence mm-hmm. of the different characters that we're getting and pulling right through from Clone Wars, right? Yes. And we do see some references to Clone Wars later on in this episode as well. Mm-hmm. And we kick it off again with a nice battle here. And we get the scout trooper chasing Champ and another Twi'lek. I absolutely love the sound of the speeder bike. It's straight out of Return of the Jedi. Right? I love that. It's great. The animation too. Yeah. Holy. Fantastic. And this might be one of our earlier appearances of the scout trooper in the Star Wars canon now. Which is pretty cool to see that they continue to integrate the original trilogy characters, the armors, the vehicles and all that into Star Wars Rebels here. So you're really you know, hitting home here that we're really close to the original trilogy here and they're tying in so well. Yeah, you get that feel of uh, A New Hope, obviously, and even now more so Rogue One almost. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I really like the troop transport they had in the back, the thing that was hovering behind the two speeder bikes. Yeah. So that's a reused and repurposed vehicle that was originally designed by Kenner, I believe. For wow. The vintage line. And it has a kind of funny look. It was originally designed that it had these six slots, I believe, on the side where you stuck the Imperial Stormtroopers in. And they repurposed that. And I believe this was in an earlier episode, either in Season 1 or Season 2. So this is not the first time we're seeing this. Cool. But I like the callback here that they're reusing these concepts and reusing even toy concepts from right. the early days of, uh, of action figures. So we could get a Black Series, maybe. Oh, that was... Hasbro. Oh. <laughs> or even even just a 3 and 3 quarter inch. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Awesome. I th- I'm a... Th- I'm I really do think they might already have that out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. on the Star Wars Rebels line. Nice. So, And we're immediately thrusted into this battle, and we're on Ryloth here. Yes. And we get Hera, and we get the whole Ghost crew here participating mm-hmm. and helping Syndulla here yeah. come out on the other side of this as he's being chased. Because if it weren't for their poor shooting, <laughs> they would all be dead. <laughs> These guys could not hit anything. <laughs> And I love how they kept that uh, kept it consistent with uh, going back to season one and two that you know the Imperial Guards stormtroopers just can't shoot. No, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. And it's 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 nice to see 
all these characters coming back. I like the callbacks to season two here that we're yeah. again seeing characters that we're familiar with, mm-hmm. but that aren't part of the main cast on Star Wars Rebels here. Exactly, and a couple of these guys do debut. Well, I guess you could say the Clone Wars, but also um, Woods the Sith. Yeah. So we see some of these characters coming back. So it's really cool that we get to see you know the novelization being brought to life in the cartoons, right? And that's a big thing that we're really enjoying here. And just a quick side note. We picked up the Ahsoka book. Yes. And we're listening to it on Audible, both of us. And I think we're about halfway through. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying this book so far. But it's not exactly what we thought it was going to be. When we initially heard what this book was going to be, and even from New York Comic Con, they're talking about the idea, the concept of this book expanding more on the timeline between Order 66 and Ahsoka's Rebels appearance. And it's not exactly that, at least the part of the book that we have read it's more of a individualized story with very few characters but in it's and troy said this best i think it's very narratively driven yes and we're getting a lot of focus on ahsoka but not really expanding too much on what's going on in the greater star wars universe there's not many characters in the book mm-hmm. but it's definitely worth a listen i think and again i'm a big proponent here of audiobooks for this type of listening, this type of reading, because not only the complexity in, in characters, but you get a real feel for the individuals that are in this because they do different voices. And you can really grasp what's going on, I think, a lot better than I can, at least in my mind. I find that they paint a really good picture, and it's also the voice actor that does Ahsoka. Right, so that's a bonus. Yes. Right? And you get the name pronunciations as well, of course, yes. right? So yeah, it's a pretty great book so far. It's not, I mean, I'm not done the book, obviously, neither are you. So I can't really rank it between, you know, the other novels that I've read. It's a really cool opener, though, where it sets um, the tone with uh, Darth Maul's appearance. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it's playing it right from the Clone Wars. Though. Right. Sorry about the side tangent. <laughs> Just had to get that out there. I yeah. thought because it does integrate so well into Star Wars Rebels, and because we had talked about it before, I thought it was good to discuss that and give you guys at least a little impression as to what the book actually is. So if you're, again, sitting on the fence or not, maybe you can go one way or another. But I would definitely check it out. It does build the lore around Ahsoka. And I think as we get further into the book, there's still, again, another 20 chapters, I think, yet. For sure. I, I think it's definitely worth a read, too, just because, you know, if you're if you're watching Rebels, obviously, like you are, and you're a fan of the Clone Wars, you owe it to yourself to read this book. Because yes. a lot of callbacks to all that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And stepping back into the episode now. Yes. <laughs> After we have Syndulla saved by the ghost crew here, we have a nice exchange with Zeb and Ezra. I really like the idea that they're getting a lot of this kind of brotherly love going mm-hmm. on. It's growing. Yes. And we have the scout trooper who finds himself onto the ghost ship and Zeb asks him, do you have this uniform? Right. Do you have this armor yet? And Ezra just casually, no, not yet. And this plays into the episode further, but I really like the idea that Ezra is collecting the different armors and helmets for right. the different Imperial Stormtroopers. I love it. And another callback to A New Hope, you know, with yes. Han and Luke taking on the, the, the costumes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love that. that. And so this is really when we get the MacGuffin of the episode revealed here. And mm. it's it turns out to be this Calicori, which is this family heirloom, this living form of art that's passed on from generation to generation. And mm-hmm. this is something that means everything to Hera. Yes. And it also seeds this idea or the theme that's kind of strung through this episode of family. Yes. And that's brought up a lot. And I think as we discuss a bit more with Thrawn, we're going to see how he's starting to use that to his advantage and right. sees it more of a weakness Whereas our crew, the ghost crew and that, and the rebellion itself, see as more of a, a strength. Mm-hmm. So it's revealed that Syndulla's loss, basically, at least the Tan province they referred to on Ryloth, to the Imperials. Mm-hmm. So it's completely occupied at this point. Yes. Right? He's been fighting since the Clone Wars, basically. Well, yeah, and then you go back to Lords of the Sith, right? That's a huge thing going on there, that they basically lost everything to the Empire. So go yes. out and check that book. Yes. Yeah. Again, it's great to see that... Almost every episode that we've watched mm-hmm. has some sort of 
callback to something that's found in the literature of Star Wars. That's right, like last episode Wedge and Aftermath yeah. and all that kind of stuff, right? And then yeah. now we have Lords of the Sith and you have Clone Wars. So yeah. all these strings are being pulled and attached to just make one big universe. And it makes it that much more meaningful that having that understanding and you can appreciate the universe a lot more with all the books and the comics and all that and the callbacks that they're doing, they're putting the effort into it. And that's mm-hmm. something that we continually talk about is the effort that the writers, the producers are putting into tying all this together to have Rebels be the glue that holds this whole universe together, I think. Yeah, definitely agree. And one interesting thing that Sandula does mention here is the difference in attack from the captain before that he said that he kind of understood, he was very sloppy, to now what led to the essentially their province being overrun by Imperials was this swift attack. Yes. It was something different. He underestimated the change in the captain's strategy here. And right away there is the first indication, at least for me, I didn't watch any of the teasers, that, okay, Thrawn's coming into this episode. Yeah. That's a very much a Thrawn call to. Right. Which is cool because it's kind of a battle of tac- tacticians, sorry. Because um, going back to Lords of the Sith... Uh, Sindula is such a prime leader, right? Not physically, but with his strategic plans. And here you have Thrawn as well, who's even more so of a master planner himself. So it's really cool that you have these two kind of going at it. Yeah, definitely. I think they oppose each other very well. Yes. The plan is devised by the rebels, by the ghost crew here, to send in Hera with Ezra's help in the scout trooper outfit to actually go and collect this Calicori. Now, this is something that's a bit different from Hera. This is more of a personal mission. This isn't for the greater rebellion, which is Mm -hmm. usually what she directs herself to, right? Yeah, a little out of character, I thought, making that move for her. Yeah, and I think it's weighing a little bit on the fact that it has a lot to do with her mother, right? Mm -hmm. And she was very upset by the, the idea that the whole province had been taken over by the Imperials, something that they had been fighting for. For her whole life, which mm-hmm. is mentioned by Thrawn, is that you've been forged by battle, forged yes. by war. Right. And he appreciates that. Yes. Which is so Thrawn. It is. <laughs> and it, we again, we we talk about this every week, is these landscape views. Again, we have the, at the start of the episode here, and when we get the landscape view of Ryloth, of the Tan province where Harrow grew up, it's really nice. I absolutely love these splash pages. And yes. coming with the transitions as well. Oh, yeah. Again, hitting on this dark note... We have the other part of the ghost crew that had not gone with Ezra and Hera. They're sent out to perform some sort of distraction, right? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. When they threw the first bomb at the stormtroopers, you see a stormtrooper get hit and blow up. Yeah. And the first thing I can think of again is like, yes, they are really emphasizing that this is slightly different. This is a much darker take really on is. the Rebels universe, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're going that route they've yeah. made it very clear now <laughs> yes they have and what did you think of this crashed y-wing and this callback again to the clone wars and seeding a bit of the idea of chopper's backstory i love that this is yeah. cool because you know we've really gone away from the jedis these, these last couple of episodes so you know you're getting chopper you're getting Hera, and you're getting thrawn you know it's um I, I just i just like what they did there so kind of leaves it open of what this history's gone on with this droid and this y-wing right it's an interesting call back to the season premiere where Chopper was basically afraid or refusing to get into one of the Y-Wings. Yeah. And it's explained a bit better here where Hera is the one that pulled him out of that crashed Y-Wing. Right. That Champs has left there for a memorial to mm-hmm. remind everyone about the Clone Wars, right? That's right. And it's a great callback. He absolutely just... When I saw that, I was like... And when they start talking about the Clone Wars and yeah. they remember the past that's set before them, right? Yeah. Which is a lot different than we do see with some of the other cinematic universes mm-hmm. that are being built, right? Yeah. Great callback. And this is when I think the intensity of the episode really picks up. Yes. We have Ezra and Hera go and get the Calicori almost too easily. I'm thinking to myself, 
you know, they can went in there and they, they acquired this item, this MacGuffin for this mm-hmm. episode really quickly. Like what's going to happen next? Yeah. And then enters Thrawn. Oh, when she walks into him, right? Yes. Terrified. And yeah. who is this character? Because these guys have never encountered Thrawn yet. Yeah. Right. And that's an interesting take because Ezra says, who's the blue guy? Yes. When they kind of saw him before. Uh-huh. And what's interesting about that is that he doesn't have a reputation amongst the rebellion yet, right? Mm-hmm. So that shows that his progression through the Imperial ranks has been either very quiet yeah. and subtle or it's been so rapid that they just haven't had the chance to actually experience this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I, even with the Thrawn books, I don't remember quite, because it was a long time ago when I read them, if mm-hmm. his reputation preceded him almost. Okay. I, I think it was much more of a subtle reputation that he kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my favorite scenes of the episode. This is where we have Hera being interrogated by Thrawn. And it's interesting that they've put another Imperial officer, the captain, in there that is essentially there to show how much smarter Thrawn is than the average Imperial, right? right? And this is really where they show his power. And people might call this a filler episode, but I think this is a necessary episode to explain to people who aren't familiar with Thrawn what Thrawn is about. Yeah. I didn't want this to be something that's drawn out over five or six episodes where you get just these brief glimpses into Thrawn's thought process, into mm-hmm who he is as a tactician and who yes. he is as a warrior. That's right. He's far superior. And I also think it's Dave Filoni saying, don't worry guys, for all you longtime fans, this is the Thrawn that you got out of the books. Like we're not, we're not changing his character too much. This is who he's going to be from the books, right? So it makes it that much more promising. Yeah. And we have the score turning here oh, yeah. to Thrawn's theme, which I absolutely love. Love it, right? Yeah. Do you think that he put this plan into motion on purpose? The idea with the Calicori, because he talks about knowing and understanding your enemy's art, their mm-hmm. philosophy, their culture. Right. And the way he kind of turns this around on Hera when he's interrogating her, yes. you almost get the idea that he put this plan into motion on purpose. He wanted to understand the ghost crew more, yeah. particularly Hera. Mm-hmm. And so he put this into effect because... You know, before when we got our first introduction to Thrawn there, he's talking about increasing security in the palace that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. So I always get this idea that he's got this plan in motion and everything that he's anticipated the rebels will do, they are doing. That's right. Like kind of just testing them, right? Yeah. And then seeing what they pull on and what they bite on. So I definitely think he, uh, yeah, orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It just gave me chills when he starts talking and the voice acting is fantastic. Oh, the animation yeah. is great. It's great. And the scene, my, my, probably my favorite scene is when he calls out the guard, the Imperial guard. Yeah. And he rages, you know, he yeah. loses composure and he comes back and apologizes, right? I love that scene. Yeah. I thought it's, it was so good. It's a small glimpse into like, maybe one of the little flaws in the character. Right. Is that he's so calculated yeah. and so methodical, but then he does have those moments yeah. where he does snap, right? Because he's so far beyond these guys, so he kind of has to bring himself down a little bit and be like, wait a second, you're just not on my level. Let me let me calm down here yeah. and bring things back. Just love it. And like you said, the voice acting, uh, Nicholson's brother, I believe, actually, yeah. does, it does just great work. Actually, all the voice actors throughout this whole show. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, he can just nails thrown here. Yeah. And he does take the Calicori. So this is a big point in the Thrawn books from the original trilogy okay. is that he does have his office. Is he's, He takes art. He yes. takes culture. And he has that put up around him. So mm-hmm. it's part of, if you remember in Bloodlines, Bloodlines yes. it's very similar. Not so much as far as he's collecting artifacts of the Empire, mm-hmm. but he's taking artifacts of culture to help understand his enemies. And they're That's set right. up around his office in the books. They're very similar, which drove Leia not too happy. Yes. <laughs> it's interesting because when he exits this scene, he, he reveals that who Hera is and that they they have them. They're going to use this as basically a bargaining chip 
to get Champs Dula to come in mm-hmm. and bring in the rest of the rebels that actually captured them. Mm-hmm. And he reveals that he has to leave now because he has an experiment he has to attend to and watch. Mm. And I think he's referring to this idea, this experiment of what are the rebels going to do next? Right. What's the next step? And there's a lot of this idea that we saw in the season premiere and we see it at the end of this episode mm-hmm. where he essentially lets the rebels win. Yes. He takes a very small loss, mm-hmm. probably for a bigger game. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to go down the lines of having this continue? Or is he going to have some smaller victories or bigger victories? Or is it going to be this continued kind of stay and wait, stay and wait, and then a massive victory? I think it's a massive victory. I think he's playing the long game, right? Because if you think about it, like he had Ezra, a Jedi right there. Like yeah. that's, a, that's a huge trophy right there to take out a Jedi. And he didn't. He let that Jedi go. He let Hera go. So... I think he's in it for the long game and he wants that big victory. He wants to take down the whole rebellion. Yes. It's yeah. not about an individual anymore. It's, right. Whereas when you look at the Vader and the Inquisitors, they're yeah. chasing those six individuals, right. right? Or even just the two of them. Right. They're the Force Welders, Ezra and Kanan. And this is much bigger. Mm-hmm. And he's seeing that bigger picture. And that's almost the first time that we're seeing this grander scale on the show, right? Yes. It's so focused around that small rebel cell that's now grown into the Phoenix cell. Right. But Thrawn is the first one to take them as the credible threat that they are. Right. But he doesn't just want to kill Ezra and Kanan. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he really even cares that much about them. It's yeah. about the larger cause that is brewing up in the background here, right? right? And this makes him such a great villain, too, because he really respects and admires his, his enemies, yes. right? As opposed to he just wants to defeat them for the sake of being the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, comes back to when he's talking to Hera and says she was forged by a war where he had to learn it. Yes. And so there's that mutual respect there. Right. That they have. Mm-hmm. Well, not so much from Hera's end, but from <laughs> for, On his end. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And this prisoner transfer scene, again, it's a small supplement where we get a little bit of action in, this, in the episode here, similar to what we got at the start. And it's cool to see the, the explosions happening yes. and kind of the plan come to fruition. And we get Kanan doing a sweet force. Oh, right. That, that was crazy. Changing the direction yeah. of the rockets. Yeah, I love that. And very calm and cool collective yeah. how Kanan comes in. Yeah. Did you think uh, Syndulla was going to bite it? Did, no, without a doubt, you thought? or I thought he was going down. I thought yeah. this would be the appropriate time to do this. This shows a bit of... Again, more who Thrawn is, being a bit more relentless yeah. and taking someone that's super important yeah. as well as someone that's been super important for the Rebellion to a degree, right? Exactly. That's why I think it would have been uh, pretty honorable for him to go up that way, yeah. losing to Thrawn. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so I don't know what they're going to do now. So Ryloth is basically lost. Yeah, it's been lost. Sindula's yeah. <laughs> yeah. off world now mm-hmm. and I don't know if he's going to go back because he's someone that's been entrenched in that, right? Oh, yeah. He refused to leave. Right. His people, he's fighting for his people. It's been the blockade for... You know, for seasons now. Yeah, he goes deep with that planet. Absolutely. So, I I agree. I think that would have been the way to go, is to have him honorably die. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, do you have him honorably die in the name of Hera, to save Hera? Right. You know, is that the way that he should have went? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity there, I think. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe it'll be Vader, ultimately, because they encounter each other in the the book. I mean, somebody has to bite it this season. They they have to slowly start picking off some of these rebels. Yeah, and it has... They have to start to see the consequences of this growing empire, right? And of Thrawn. We can't have Thrawn here and just have him... Killing faceless rebels. Exactly. And we need yeah. to feel some impact from this character. And we may get that down the line. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you. This would have been a great opportunity to actually feel some impact of what's going to happen in the rest of the season. Because yeah. we have to get to a point here too where, yes, we're building the alliance. But we need to see them have some major setbacks. Yes. You know, coming Apart in, from ships. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It has to be personnel, right? Because yeah. some of these characters, again, they're not present in World 1. Well, we don't know that yet. Yeah. But they're not in the original trilogy. And 
what's going to happen with these characters going forward because we have a lot of characters that are now you know really loved by the fan base yeah but we still have to start seeing the consequences of this this empire the growth of it and thrawn definitely agree yep touching back on the theme of the episode here family yes and i think as thrawn as they fly away here mm-hmm. and i think what is really going on here is he's now understanding them this family concept right and i think it's what he sees as their greatest weakness. And then we see them at the end of the episode talking about, this is my family. We see this nice pan over to the ghost crew kind mm-hmm. of being playful. Yeah. She's got the other Twi'leks there. Yeah. And they cheers to basically family. Right. And I think that's what Thrawn is going to, to use. Mm-hmm. He used it in the episode to bring Sendula in. Mm-hmm. He used Hera. And we've seen this throughout the other episodes too, using the ghost crew. Maul used it. Yes. Right. As a bargaining chip to get Kanan Ezra to come in with the Sith holocron. That's right. And so this is turning out to be one of their big weaknesses is how tight they are. Exactly. And I think we're going to see that used further down the road by Thrawn. This is what he seems to at least be investigating when he says he's going to walk away to go watch an experiment. He wants to see what happened from a distance. Yeah. And he just lets them go. That's right. Just you know, testing the waters constantly. Yes. They yeah. earned their victory. Let them have it is what he says. Right. Yeah. They could have picked them out of the sky and that could have been the end of the ghost crew. Right. Exactly. But again, it comes back to this concept. It's the bigger picture. Yes. Always with Thrawn. So overall, what did you think of this episode? Do, do you think it's a filler? No, definitely not. After watching this, I definitely, I think they covered a lot of ground in this episode. I actually enjoyed this more than the last episode. It's not quite on par with uh, the season premiere, but that was a great, you yeah. know, jam-packed episode. So I put this number two so far in this season. Nice. Uh, I'd like to see how long they can continue this thread without any th- uh, fillers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, overall, you know, I'm enjoying the seasons. My favorite season so far. Yeah. yeah. I have to fully agree with you there. I do not think it's a filler episode either. Mm. I think, it, again, it's one of these necessary episodes that helps us progress numerous characters here. We get Hera progressing here. Yeah. We get big, big Thrawn stuff here, which right. I think we need. Like I said at the top of the episode, we needed this episode to understand Thrawn more. Oh, yeah. Because if you have these little bits and pieces, it gets difficult to understand how this character is calculating and how he's motivated. Yeah. Now we know. Exactly. And now going forward, I think we need to have a big action episode coming up here. I think so. I think we have to get there now. Yeah, yeah. we've kind of lulled here in the action. We do get those small bits and pieces of action throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. But we need something big, a big space battle or something to come down. Right. Yeah, absolutely agree. And, you know, they touched on Chopper even more so, too. So, overall, they covered a lot of characters this episode, right? I think we're going to get probably another couple episodes here, whether it's immediately or not, where we focus, again, maybe a little more on Sabine, Mm -hmm. a little more on Zeb, and understanding a bit more of the backstory, kind of developing these characters more. I think we're going to get probably, we have a couple big, big episodes, and then we have a few episodes that slow down the pace a bit and help us understand and develop our characters a bit more. That's right. Really hoping we get some more uh, Rex. I miss Rex. Yes. He has a great character. eh? No, not really. And I really hope, especially reading Ahsoka, not spoiling anything, Mm. they touch on that character a little bit. They mention him, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, again, another exciting episode, really digging this season, yeah. and I think that we're in for, you know, a treat here. I'm really interested to see if they do go into Rogue One territory once we come yeah. out the other side of December. Oh, man, because that trailer did just drop. Yes. <laughs> we're not going to discuss that here. <laughs> want to hear us discuss a little bit about it. Now, I haven't watched it. I'm not a big watcher yeah. of trailers yeah. past the teaser trailer. I try to keep the movie experience in the theater for me. And I salute you for that. <laughs> it's very difficult to do when everyone is freaking out about yeah. it online. Uh, but if you'd like to catch some of our talk on that and other nerd-related things, we're going to be doing a big comic book wrap-up episode discussing 
Darth Vader 25, the end of the Darth Vader series right. from Marvel, at least the current one. Mm-hmm. There's also a Dr. Aphra series that's picking up, who's yeah. the character that was introduced in that. Yeah. We're going to be talking about that. And all of the news from this past week on our flagship show, The Nerd Room, that drops this Thursday on the same feed that you are listening to right now. That's right. Lots to cover, guys. So yes. stay tuned. Any weaknesses? Anything small from this episode that you didn't necessarily agree with? No, I think overall it was a pretty strong episode. There's nothing in here that I really didn't like. I found myself, I watched it twice. Yeah. I usually watch it kind of once taking notes and Mm -hmm. then once again just to get a good feel for the flow of the episode. Nice. I'm at a point now where I need a big action episode. Okay. I need something that, yes, I I, I really enjoy these developmental episodes, but again, I need some of that Star Wars action here. Yeah. I want to see Wedge flying around destroying some TIE fighters or something like that. Yeah, I know. I see some Wedge. I want to see some Maul. Overall, no, I I did like it. Um, I'm I'm really glad they redeemed uh, Syndulla. Yeah. Uh, Maybe my only little weakness was Hera's motivation for the mission, but it totally makes sense to give us what they gave us in in this episode. So yeah, and you need episode. that MacGuffin to show how Thrawn is focused on culture, art, and all that. Exactly. Yeah, the payoff was great. Yeah. So. All right, guys, we are going to be back next week to discuss Episode Five of Star Wars Rebels Season Three, titled "The Last Battle." Well, sounds like someone's gonna bite it. Yes, it could <laughs> be exciting. This takes us through to the end of October, yep. and this takes us through the end of the episodes that have been revealed to my knowledge right now, at least the titles. That's right, and that keeps our hunger on the low for now until we get Rogue One, at yes. least. <laughs> All right, guys, this is Star Wars Rebels Alert signing off. I'm Tim. I'm Troy. 